Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help companies, especially manufacturers, improve their people, process, and planning systems so they can scale smarter and faster. Joining me from Cleveland, Ohio, is Gordon Stein. Gordon is a keynote speaker, a blogger, a personal finance expert, and he's the author of Cashflow Cookbook, a $2 million towards financial freedom in 60 easy recipes. I've got that book here. We're going to be referring to it. Welcome, Gordon. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Mike. Gordon, we had an opportunity prior to scheduling this recording date to talk about a wide variety of things that you could speak on. And one thing that really caught my attention, as you know, I come out of an HR background and my business works closely with HR departments. And I know that these HR departments in today's times have been so concerned about employee wellness and they're trying so many different things. But when you pointed out that financial wellness is something that is often overlooked and you pointed out that financial issues can be the number one stressor for employees it has struck me as a perfect topic for us to have a conversation on does that work for you that does for sure i'm very passionate about it we got a lot a lot of help that employees need now i made reference to your your book better described as a cookbook. I'm going to kind of hold up so it's it's there. It's excellent. We're going to refer to that here in a little bit. But I'd like to kind of lift a little bit of a quote from your website. And it reads, mm-hmm. money should bring joy to your life. Money should free you for today's passions and tomorrow's dreams. For too many people, money limits them and brings stress and anxiety. It's time to get out of debt and build wealth. And this cookbook, and I love the concept, is designed to do that. So where would you like to start? Well, I mean, let's start with the employees. I think they're the most important people in this whole discussion. And, you know, let's let's back up before the 9% inflation. Let's back up before the recent stock market plunge and the lowering of people's values of their IRAs and their 401ks. Let's go back to some information of where we were at just a few months ago. And at that point, you know, we hit a record for car loan duration. Back in my day, you had a 36-month car loan, you had a 48-month car loan. Average American car loan now is 72 months. Goodness. Most popular new car loans, 96 months. Wow. If you talk about from an HR perspective, many of our listeners here will have employee assistance programs. They're funding fully 50% of the calls into EAPs are about people's number one stress. That's their money. So every aspect of this we look at, we talk about living paycheck to paycheck. The stat a few months ago is 65% of Americans with children are living paycheck to paycheck. You know, Center for Financial Innovation tells us that 85% of employees are so stressed about their money, it actually impacts them in the workplace. So we've got this looming crisis and now everything has fallen apart much, much further. People are pushing out their retirement. They're more stressed about money than ever before. Their mortgage rates may have jumped from, you know, two and a half, three percent to four and a half, five percent. And what that means from a monthly payment perspective is massive. So, you know, your employees are fighting this quiet war and they really need help. You know, meanwhile, if I look at the wellness industry, 
here in the U.S., that's an $8 billion industry. It's massive. Just about every company has some sort of a wellness initiative on the go. And when you look at them, we're fighting some really tough battles there, trying to get people to change their diet. Diets typically fail after a couple months. Trying to get people to start exercising. Those gym memberships usually have a duration of two or three months as well. But the biggest area, which is people's stress, and principally it's coming from their finances, that's one that we can change and we can do it pretty easily. I think it needs to be a key part of every organization's wellness program. You know, Gordon, we've not discussed this prior, but I just find it kind of intriguing that financial stress is so widespread. What is it? Um, Are we not instilling financial awareness as we raise our children or what's happening? Why is that happening in your opinion? Like there's two big parts to it. Uh, One, you just hit the nail on the head. You know, where are children gonna get help with their finances? Well, one option would be from their parents, but we've already described parents. They're in terrible financial shape. They don't have much to give and often what they give isn't good. And in many cases they're instilling values that really aren't helpful to the children, you know? It's been missing from school curriculums, grade school, secondary school, higher education, nothing about financial wellness. And that really takes us to, you know, the employer. So people, first of all, have had no preparation, no training on this whatsoever, right? So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that marketers continue to get more and more sophisticated. So having been one at large uh, technology companies, It's no accident that you're desperate to get yourself a new iPhone and you can't wait to go out and get that new outfit that you want because marketers hold all the cards. You know, they're doing functional MRI studies to understand what catchphrases are going to want to make us buy. They do extensive A-B testing on commercials and videos to figure out what's going to move the consumer. There's store trackers as we move around a store to track our path and those paths are modified to get us to buy more. You know, on your way out of large department stores, in many cases, they'll have a whole corral that has junk food and chips and snacks and sodas before you can even get to the cash register. So, but as humans, you know, we've got, you know, millions of years of genetics that haven't adapted. You know, we're running the same way. So the marketers hold all the playbooks. We've not gotten any sharper as consumers. It's the losing war. And so people are really stuck. So they feel this need and this demand, and they tend to spend right up to this point on their paycheck. And in many cases, they're spending up here somewhere. We need to help them. I know you as an author. I know you as a speaker. In what ways do you help employers with this? Well, what I do is I speak uh, professionally and I speak full time. And a lot of those talks are to employees helping them with their financial wellness. Um, And it's surprisingly simple. Um, Often I title my keynote zero to 1 million in 60 minutes, Mm. which is an audacious promise to show companies employees how to add a million dollars of wealth in a 60 minute talk and I deliver it. And it's really that simple. So when I wrote Cashflow Cookbook um, and I just rewrote the US edition, just launched it uh, very recently, And in the book, I talk about how to add wealth and how to free up cash flow with minimal effort and minimal sacrifice. So traditional thinking says, hey, you have to give up things. 
You have to do careful budgeting. You have to save 10% of what you earn. And I don't, those things are true, but I, I don't know what could possibly be a bigger downer for people. Nobody wants to give up things that they love. And if you say to your spouse, hey, this weekend, let's set aside the weekend and do some careful, detailed budgeting. You're going to need marriage help. <laughs> so, you know, I think we can look at it much differently. And in Cashflow Cookbook, the whole premise of the book was I show people how to free up up to $13,000 monthly, reducing their expenses by up to $13,000 monthly and typically doing it with minimal effort and minimal sacrifice. And if we can do that for people, we can lower this financial spend level. Now we free up some money for debt repayment. We free up some money for incremental investment. Get people to and get your employees to a place of financial freedom. And when we do that, they can start now to climb up the Maslow's hierarchy. They can do meaningful work at their companies. They can get re-engaged, re-engaged with their families, re-engaged with their friends, with their hobbies, with their work and with their passion. And I think we owe that to our employees. So that's how I like to help. I can see that come through loud and clear. What also kind of drew me to this conversation uh, is on the surface, it, it's simple. And that is you're budgeting people's eyes glaze over, sacrificing. People don't want to sacrifice. And what you offer in your book and in your talks are just some real practical ways. You mentioned that you have a, a, a talk that lasts 30, no, it made that 60 minutes. And you promised that you could put a million dollars. Why don't we just take a few minutes? Um, could you give us kind of the highlights of what that might would sound like so people get an idea of kind of where this would go? Yeah, so when I do uh, talks, I talk for a little bit about the state of personal finances, which is really quite bad. And that's a comfort to people because they start to say, geez, you know, it really is that. But all my neighbors are in the same boat. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no need to feel guilty or anxious about your finances. All financial situations can be drastically improved. And I believe that a great place to start, um, there's lots of bad cooking puns in cash flow cookbooks, so be forewarned. Um, so I talk about broiling a bill. And every bill that we have, people typically have about a dozen or so recurring monthly bills. There's all the other things that we spend money on. I took two years and researched the very best personal finance hacks. So easy ways to free up cash without giving anything up. Now, let me stress, Mike, that these are things that you or I would do, okay? I'm not saying make your own cleaning products. I don't want anyone driving around to six grocery stores to save on their vegetables or whatever the case would be. There's no coupon clipping. This is just doing things much smarter. And when we do that, we free up cash. And then right away, we want to take that cash flow and do something productive with it. Increase our contributions to our 401k or our Roth IRA. Let's get some debt paid down. And when we start to do that, these habits start to multiply. People start to see the impact on their wealth. They see that wealth growing, and that gives them options. That gives them choices. Sometimes people say, well, I don't really care about money. I don't want to buy a Ferrari. I don't think they, you know, they can buy a Ferrari if they want to buy a Ferrari. But, hey, maybe they want to give more money to their church or to a charity. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to take a family sabbatical for a year and really get to know each other as a family. Maybe they want to retire early. They want to work in a family business that might pay less than their current job, but they're more passionate about it. So I want everyone to get that much freer. 
Um, but to your point, let's talk a bit about some simple examples. Um, let me start with one. As a personal example, and I just kind of stumbled into it. This is the kind of thing that's in cash flow cookbooks. So recently I got prescribed a cholesterol drug, pretty common Crestor, probably the most popular drug in America uh, to lower my cholesterol levels. And, you know, when we get a prescription in hand from our doctor, we're thinking about one thing. Where do I go to get this filled? And inevitably, there's a drugstore probably in the ground floor of your doctor's office or really close by. They're not stupid. Uh, so we head in there with our prescription, as I did. So, you know, I was waiting for it to get filled, and then I went to pick it up. And, um, you know, how much is it? $107 a month. Hmm. Now, that's not a massive number, but this is a drug that apparently I need to take for the rest of my life. So $107 over the next 30 or 40 years is, is pretty material. So I just said to the pharmacist, I said, this is a little pricey, 107. And she said, oh, why don't you get one of our drug cards? Because then the price drops to $63 a month. I'm thinking to myself, we're going from 107 to 63, pretty dramatic. How much is the drug card? It's $20 a year. So quick math, I'm gonna save $500 with a $20 drug card. This is a bit of a no brainer. So I said, yeah, sign me up quite pleased with myself, right? Quick conversation, read up $480 a year. I was out for dinner with my brother-in-law and I was telling him the story and I was, you know, kind of pleased with myself, you know, and he said, no, no, no. He says, you want to go to one of the online pharmacies, much cheaper. Gave me the, one, the name of the one he was using. So I went on to this site, typed in my prescription and the, you know, the dosage and everything. Turns out I can get it for $13 a month by joining this online pharmacy. So I thought she said, we've gone from 107 to 63 to 13. As a business person, we're probably not done. So did a little bit more online shopping. I now get the pills delivered to my house for $7 a month. Good. So how long did all this take? About 15 minutes. What did I give up? Absolutely nothing. How much careful budgeting did I do? Uh, none whatsoever. But now I have $100 a month. I did a blog post on cashflowcookbook.com, how I saved 94% on my prescription drugs. Just that easy. So imagine if you knew all of these hacks in every category of spend, housing, transportation, food, household, lifestyle, and financial. Imagine if every one of those costs and thousands of dollars a month were optimized just like I did with those prescription drugs. So that's really what Cashflow Cookbook is about. People can use the book. I kickstarted with my talks, helps them free up the cash, gets to a place of financial wellness. Gordon, you just mentioned, I think five categories of spend and you have examples of ways that you can reduce your cost in each of those. Which mm -hmm. of the five amount for the biggest percentage of one's comp their pay or uh, income? Yeah, so I actually, there's six of them. I listed them in order of spend. So housing tends to be one, you know, followed by transportation, food, household, lifestyle, and financial. Um, and, you know, some are more material than others. The book sets a minimum of $25 a month, but many of them are worth two, three, four hundred dollars $400 a month. And they're really interesting. Some are about conserving. So if we can find ways to conserve on electricity and 
gas in the home and some of those kinds of things. Some are about intelligent comparison shopping, car insurance, house insurance. Others are, um, you can appeal things like your house taxes. Mm -hmm. And others are about um, applying innovation and disruptive companies to save us dramatically. Example, someone moving from a $200 a month cable TV bill to YouTube TV at about $70 a month. There's $130 of savings there. So that's, there's another item that's worth checking out. Um, I'll give me an example of one that was probably the most interesting one for me. And embarrassingly, it's one I missed in the first seven printings of Cashflow Cookbook. Mm. <clears throat> and I'm a Canadian and recently moved to the US. And what I didn't realize is when you switch countries, you lose your entire credit history. So right. I tried to get a credit card here in the US um, and they said no. I said, what do you mean, no? You know? And uh, I said, could you give me a lower limit? And so we went down to a $300 credit card. They would not give it to me because I had no credit rating. Eventually, I had to put down $330 on deposit at the bank to get a credit card with a $300 limit. So that got me interested in credit scores, which was a good thing because I've never really had thought much about it. I assumed I had a good credit card, a good credit rating. I had lots of credit cards, but most people don't know their credit score. They don't look into it. They don't know the number. And here's the shocking part. Many, many, many credit scores have errors in the, in the credit reports. Mm. So you may have a much, in, much more inferior credit score than you think you do. And here's why you care. So loans, the total interest cost of a loan can swing by up to 70% depending on your credit score. Goodness. Your car insurance costs can swing by 30 to 50% and your home insurance costs can swing by 30 to 50%. So it's entirely possible that you could have two people, let's think of them as twins with identical everything, and one is spending $1,000 more on loan interest, car insurance and home insurance than uh, his peer. So there's a really interesting one. And again, notice what happened there. We correct errors on our credit score. We change our lifestyle, not a bit, but we might be freeing up $500, $1,000 a month. So when I work with people, um, typically I've not seen anyone who saved all $13,000 that I document in the book. Uh, if they do have them reach out, I'll give them a fr another free copy of the book. But really <laughs> typical, people can free up $500 a month, $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month. Now, if you invest that <clears throat> at 7% over the course of your career, very easy to add a million dollars. So I often run through examples of people, people adding three or $4 million uh, to their wealth at retirement. And those are big lifestyle changes. You know, we opened this conversation talking about how universal financial stress is, but something mm -hmm. I was wanted to ask you, uh, when I was managing HR and I'm working with employees at all levels, I made an observation that kind of surprised me, but it may be a wrong observation, and that is being overextended was not limited to folks who are on a much more fixed um, uh, income, um, that I found that that ran all the way up to the C-suite and in certain parts of the C-suite even more so, meaning this is not a 
an income issue. This is a lifestyle and the like issue. But did I read that right? I see it all the time. Uh, you, you need look no further than Hollywood. <clears throat> People like Nicolas Cage uh, with incomes that we couldn't even dream of broke. Mike Tyson broke. There was an interesting case of a janitor. I think it was in Maine. <clears throat> and uh, he was single. He was the janitor. That's all he ever did. He died and left in a state of $8 million. Mm. Spending wisely, investing in blue chip long-term stocks, left behind $8 million. And here we have Nicolas Cage without a penny. So there's no question this goes across all income levels. <clears throat> when I talk to people earning $50,000 a year, they'll say to me, look, I just don't have 10% to save. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I talk to people earning $500,000 a year, they say to me, I don't have 10% to save. I actually have a personal friend who is a commercial lending VP at a bank. He goes into debt $5,000 more every month. He works at a major bank. <clears throat> his game plan in retirement is to sell his house in the city, retire to his cottage, and use those funds to pay off this ever-growing line of credit. So you see this at all income levels. And <clears throat> when I speak with wealth advisors, they often say that they have clients whose goal it is, is to get to zero dollars of net worth. Hmm. And I'm talking about people with considerable earning because you know they need the sports cars and of course the cottage and the private clubs and the nannies. It's not hard to spend that three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars a year. But what does that really mean? You know, if you're an HR leader in an organization, your people are absolutely panicked about money. There is no doubt about it. It's an all-consuming stress. And I think it's one of the most important things we can do is to help them with that. I just think it's critical. Gordon, as you kind of reflect on examples where either you or clients got stuck, what did it take for you or them to get unstuck? I think from a financial perspective, when people get stuck, I think they get really stuck because again, they don't have the education, they don't have the knowledge, the spending continues. It's too difficult emotionally to cut things that they're invested in from a thing perspective. And we all have this as an issue. <clears throat> so I think without any kind of external factors, it's very hard for people to get unstuck. What's exciting, what's interesting in writing Cashflow Cookbook and why I'm so passionate about it is I think absolutely everybody can get unstuck. There was a gentleman who reached out to me from the Midwest, I think it was in Kansas. And he said, look, sent me an email. Uh, I think he'd see me on a podcast. And he said, look, maybe you can help. Um, and here he was a six figure income earner. He was single. <clears throat> he was 47 years old. He had no wealth, nothing for retirement. And yet he was earning six figures. And he said, I just don't have, you know, the free cash flow." So just because he was, he was seemed very nice and very kind and I was touched by his situation. So, okay, why don't you send me a schedule of all of your expenses? And we went through it, handful of simple changes. I think we made six changes in his spending. He freed up another $500 a month. He put that in his company's contributory 401k. Because I said to him, well, nothing in your 401k. And he said, no. I said, what is your company 
contribute? And he said, yeah. I said, well, how can you not contribute to that? He doesn't have any money. Mm. So we freed up $500 a month, put that on the 401k. And then we did a catch up call. He's on track to retire with half a million dollars his 401k. That's not massive, but I can tell you, it's a whole lot better than $0. So simple changes anyone can make. So lots of examples if you wanted to get into some more, Mike. I do want to ask another question other than an example, sure. and that is, I just kind of just casually use the term financial freedom. And I'm looking at your backdrop, and, and it looks like <laughs> it's a, a canoeing and the like, but financial freedom, I know that means different things to other people, but when you're talking to groups and you're trying to describe what financial freedom looks like, what's it feel like, how do you describe that? That's a great question. <clears throat> I think at the simplest level, it happens when you spend less than you earn. And the longer you do that, the more financially free you become. That would be one definition and probably the simplest one. Um, but what does it mean? I think it means you can you can go after your life's purpose. I think for most of us, our life's purpose is to pay the bills and to you know somehow tread water financially. And for many, many, many people of all income levels, it's about figuring out which bill to pay. And we only get one life. And so, you know, here's an opportunity to go and live your best life to do something that's meaningful to really help people. So, you know, I, I attempted to retire uh, mid fifties and people said, wow, how'd you do that? I always say to people, I read my own book, you know, mm. because I think everybody can do that. And <clears throat> then, you know, because I wrote the book and there's a lot of demand for me to speak on the book to help others with their personal finances, but it's really changed my whole life because as I say at the start of the book, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in my studio and I've got a whole wall of guitars behind me. And I often use the weather uh, app on my phone to determine my agenda for the day. Hmm. So if it's nice, I may want to get out and do a bike or a kayak, as you can see here in the picture. Um, and if it's rainy, I might grab one of my guitars off the wall and play my guitar. Then my lead vocalist slash wife will come in and, you know, we'll have some fun and do a jam for a while. And then, you know, when I'm working, uh, which is usually when it's rainy, uh, you know, I'm working on talks, I'm out delivering talks, and I'm helping people. And I think about how far, you know, that has taken me from working in the corporate world, where many of us are working on things we're really not passionate about, you know, so if we can find our career and our job could be with an employer could be on their own, doing something they're interested in, they're passionate about helping other people building a great organization, growing our employees, those things get us to this great state of freedom, but you want to be there where you're not sweating the finances. It lets us move up that Maslow's pyramid. Thank you for clarification. I want to come mm -hmm. back to the cash flow cookbook for a moment. Um, I do believe I have the latest U.S. version, and as I have read through it, I've not had the time to read through it cover to cover like I intend to, but as I was reading through this, I got this last week. Um, what I love about this is it's very digestible, if you allow me to use that term, it being a cookbook. But you spend about two pages max 
on on a category and so I could say and you got them broken down by those different categories but what I would say is that it's not intimidating at all to to read you look at it and you kind of go ah that's common sense I can do that and you shared both in the book and what you mentioned earlier it doesn't take a lot if you were to adopt five or six of these things, it can make a huge difference. Gordon, you shared in our prior conversation a little bit about how this has kind of enlightened a sense of passion in you. And that is you're mm-hmm. not necessarily selling cash flow cookbooks because you need the money. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way, but that's kind of how I took it. Um, but. But, but you're doing this, and it's bringing you in contact with individuals and with groups, and you're changing lives. That has to be gratifying. Mm-hmm. It, you know what? It, it really is. It really is fantastic. And I think it's really important for people, you know, if they're working at companies or they've got their own business, to be really passionate about what they do and, and get involved in it and really try and make a difference. And, you know, when I get people speaking with me after I do a talk at a company, an employee session, and people say, wow, I had no idea I could make these changes, you know, and I love your notion of getting unstuck because that's what it is. So if you made a simple change, you know, maybe you're spending $100 or $200 a month on, you know, uh, prescription drugs, as we talked about, um, there's ways to save on every category of spend, simple changes anyone can make. And then, you know what, they get to this point of being free, they get unstuck in their finances. And let's now move on to something like our family or our employees or helping our community or, you know, doing something you're passionate about, playing music, whatever it is, but we can all get to a better place than being stuck on our finances. Gordon, you have given us some great examples in which practically you can get unstuck. I appreciate you sharing these with us today. If folks want to mm-hmm. learn more or reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? They can take a look at my website, which is cashflowcookbook.com. Um, so I've got about 60 blog posts up there. I set them aside while I was writing the latest edition, so I'll get uh, rolling on that again. Um, they can subscribe to my blogs. I don't uh, sell their names anywhere, or their e- email addresses. Uh, you get a blog post a week or so. Um, just different ideas to help with your finances. So there's lots more content and information on cashflowcookbook.com. If they want to get a copy of the book, there is a Canadian edition and a U.S. edition up on Amazon. So there's a simple way it's available as a paperback or as a Kindle edition. So, you know, awfully low cost price point. People say, what's the best investment? I say education and learning. So here's a great place to get started with your finances. Um, For employers, if they're interested in having me come and speak uh, to their employees, I absolutely do that with great passion. Um, And I do both virtual and live and even hybrid sessions. So do that all across the United States and Canada. There's a speaking section on my website, cashflowcookbook.com. They can check that out or reach out and book some time with me. And um, yeah, those are the main ways. Or social media. I'm usually at Cashflow Cookbook. Other than Twitter, who was a little stingy with the letters. So it's at Cashflow Cook BK. Missing the... (laughs) final two O's, but yeah, and love to connect. Um, you can figure out how to reach me directly from my website. If you've got questions or ideas, 
love to hear from you and um, love to connect with people. We'll include all of that contact information in the show notes. I have been on your website and I have read a number of your blogs. Uh, it's an excellent website, very informative. The blogs do kind of draw you in. And I just want to say thank you for spending time uh, with me today, sharing your passion. Terrific. Great to be here. And let's get more people on stock, Mike. Well, with your help, we'll do just that. I also want <laughs> to thank great. our listeners for joining us today. We upload the latest episode every Thursday to all the major platforms, including Apple and Spotify. So if you've enjoyed this episode with Gordon, please subscribe. I've got a question for our listeners. Are you trying to grow your business and you want to make sure that you got the right people, process, and planning systems in place to grow smoothly? If yes, let's talk. Head to unstuck.show and schedule a quick non-sales call. We'll talk about your growth goals and I'll do what I can to offer some actionable guidance to help you grow your business. So I want to thank you for joining us and I hope you have picked up on some tips from Gordon that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time. <music>